Thank you. So here we are okay. in the house, <laughs> 2.0, at the brand new, how do we say this, Dr. Lynn? Where are we at? We are in the Lynn Family Sports Vision and Training Center. God, it sounds that so is beautiful, isn't it? How did we get here? Did we did we did you take him as a hostage with your accent? Well, I'm I'm I was trying to, but you know, um, Doctor Lynn is a hard guy to nail down, and um, you know, because we got all these football games going on, and um, you know, between football and my working and him working and everybody else working, you know, I think it's the first time we've actually sat down and talked about football. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So uh, I figured you just didn't like me. That's what it was. Well, I thought you just didn't like me. You know, well, nobody you, you're, does. You're but no, me. I'm, well, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here, Brad? Well, I, th I think while we're here, you asked that while we're here, and he's going to say it's my fault. I'm going to go back to him and say, really, the, the ball got rolling because it's his fault. Yeah. And uh, and that's where we're going to end up. But for, for I've the got rest a brilliant tonight, idea. It's, gonna be it's Brad fault, Estes' fault. Well, you know, we if it weren't that. for Brad Estes, we'd probably been open in March like we're supposed to have been. But well, let's yeah, blame yeah. him for that. So I love yeah. this opening right now. This is a strong opening. This is a we're hot mic takes early. I like this. Yeah, this is brilliant. <laughs> and this is being this is being recorded before the Lou City game. Who are we playing tonight? Uh, we're yeah, on the road. OKC Energy. Oh, yeah. OKC Energy. Yeah, 8 o'clock. We beat them 2-0 last time at home, right? Yeah. At yep. which stadium? Uh, I forget the name of it. Uh, yeah. What's it called again? It's not uh, Slugger. It's uh, uh, Oh, it's not the old baseball field. So, no, no. It's, uh, that, it's, that, it's that sort of new thing yeah, on, on the – Outside of some guy's name on it. I, can't, you know, I don't know. I can't remember. So yeah. it's Brad Gordon Stadium, I think. So, yeah. Brad, how did you get this set up? You've got Dr. Lynn here, and there's been a lot of stuff in the news with what's going on with what this whole training facility is about. Obviously, you've got your name on it because of the philanthropic stuff that you've been doing. But let's truly kind of get into the weeds about, like, what are you doing here for the players? And yes, yeah, so I'm going to speak to what I know about or what I believe to be true. And with, with the – with the stadium part, uh, and he said it very well in the very opening remarks on that groundbreaking of Lynn Family Stadium, was this wasn't about a business. This was about the community. And I, I truly believe that. This was something that the, the, the soccer team, as it was in the beginning with just Louisville City, was a big part of the community. It did very good things for the community. And I think Dr. Lynn and his family wanted to be a part of that and watch that grow, which is why they put their name on it. wasn't It wasn't about promoting a business. It was doing what they wanted to do, doing good for the community. You see it right here as soon as you walk in. I'm looking at a big screen on an easel right here with a ball yep. next to it. Mm -hmm. We've been making fun of Christy Holly earlier. So, Brad, well, you Christy Holly needs to be made fun of. <laughs> Did he get you nutmeg know, today? Something like was that. Was it yesterday? Yeah. It, it was actually much worse than that. Yeah. But, yeah. You've got yeah. it on. I've got, got it on, on video. I, I hesitate to put it out there, but I, I, it I saw Christy Holly pretending he was a goalkeeper, and, and he was failing miserably. Yeah, he needs to stay in the midfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know, to, so, so, to so, 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 what, what I can say is, after looking at that video, Christy Holly couldn't catch a cold. So, so to that, uh, <laughs> going on beyond that. So, we got the early Christy Holly burn in. Don't worry, just hang on for another forty. It's okay, minutes. Christy. I'll, we'll I'll buy you a pint of Guinness. I'll make it all better. We, we also just saw like a keeper coach walk in, didn't we, Brad? We did. So, there, there's a lot of things that are going on. I'm going to get to Doctor Lynn in just a minute, but I know that you are involved more with the community. Like, how does this reach the community and what does it mean for this whole training facility? I mean, how do you – you because you're part of the branding with all this. Well, I mean, it expands way past the two pro soccer teams we've got here. We've got a growing and developing youth program, but it even expands past that. I mean, what, what's going on here will eventually expand past just soccer. You know, it's going to expand, you know, to, to uh, concussion treatments, and it's going to expand to high school athletes and just the everyday weekend warrior. 
which is much different in my opinion. I'm gonna let Dr. Lynn speak more professionally about what went on here, but you it's sound a little like bit, professional right it's, now. I it's mean, a very focused. it's a very different reason on the naming. This was an opportunity to grow something that hasn't really been seen in sports and and treatment and vision treatment in sports that hasn't been done yet. And this was an opportunity to launch that and what better place to launch it than right here with two professional, very well-performing soccer teams. Mm -hmm. And to you, Dr. Lynn, on this, and then we'll go back to Scouts in a second on something, because I've got a lot for you to talk about with this. Oh, no. I know. All right. Like, I I need to give you a spotlight. You already got your hand on the spotlight. All right. But, Dr. Lynn, like, even hearing with, you know, like players that are coming in from overseas and they're walking and they're seeing these different things that are happening, did you realize that this impact would be this large with both coupling with – Louisville City and Racing, obviously it was a big deal for you to put your name on this, right? Because you're trusting other people to bring in the type of characters that you want. You know, it, it's it's very strange. When it went to the stadium, uh, Brad's 100% right. It was completely about family, completely about Louisville City, being part of the community and developing into that and being a part of getting Louisville back on track again, being part of the growth. Uh, I was born in Louisville. All my kids are here. All my grandkids are here. This is where we're going to be. This is what we love. It's it's where we are. We could have moved 100 different places, 100 different times, and we're here. So let's make it as good as we can make it. And being a part of that with the stadium, that's really all that decision was. When the idea of the training center came in, it really opened up a door for one of my long, <laughs> long lost passions. I've been doing sports vision on and off for about 35 years. Wow. And it has been a very difficult thing to make into a reality uh, because it's you, you got to dedicate so much to it. And it was one of those things where I know it works, but we had no measurable way to prove it was working outside of I know I got better. My results were way back when I was working with a, a uh, point guard, Trinity basketball team, um, and Shooting from the floor on the move, this kid shooting 60, 70, 80%, depends on the game, could hit anything as long as he's on the move. When he went to the free throw line, their point guard was only shooting like 52%. He just couldn't find, it was Shaquille O'Neal, he couldn't find the rim. Problem was, as he was on the move, he could use his eyes to lock in, especially to his right, and that's where he made most of his shots going to his right, even though he's left-handed. So... His eyes moved that direction. They didn't line up correctly. He actually saw the rim about three-quarters of an inch in front of where it really was because that's where his eyes lined that's up. That's a hard measurable. How do you check that? Uh, well, you, you do it over space and time with different things we had back then. It was very difficult. But we were able to work with him on just different items. He finished the year shooting 82% from the free throw line. Wow. Now, that was how we measured success that's a 60% back then. Oh, wow. increase. Huge. Huge. And a lot of it, too, was not just getting the eyes to work, but he also regained his confidence. Okay. And he learned that he could hit. Yeah. And that was part of of what we do as well. But now we have technology that has really changed the scope. And a lot of the technology, it's been driven in development over years by a lot of the European teams. Um, uh, Manchester City, uh, Barcelona, Man United. I, I, I got Man. You know, they did one good thing, okay? I'm sorry. Okay, but, all right. Uh, but there were others. And they've they've gone through years of progression on some of this 
developing the protocols and how it works and how it fits in. And what we have done is reached out to all the different pieces of the what they call the functional vision piece, which is how the eyes work and how it relates to the brain, and then the neurocognitive part of the brain, which is how we can make it faster, and we're marrying these two ideas together. Mm-hmm. If we can take how well your eyes function and increase that to whatever degree it is, you may have a little problem, big problem, but whatever the problem is, we can make it better. Then we can make you process it quicker. You've now become a much better player. It doesn't matter what the sport is. I'm not teaching you to be a better soccer player. I'm not teaching you to be a better baseball player. I can't do that. Trust me, you don't want me teaching anybody anything about soccer. Did you train Christy Holly to get nutmeg? No, but I sure (laughs) laughed hard at it. Um, So did I. (laughs) So did I laugh. I've watched it twice. I'm still (laughs) laughing right now. But what we are training is that we're taking issues that players have. If if you're a player and you know you have a weakness, like Brad's a heck of of a tennis player. And he's got a weakness. I'm not sure what it is, but he could tell us. Now, I don't know if he wants to tell us right here because then all the people he plays against are going to know. But I guarantee you, I hit with him a little bit. I can tell by the way he holds his head, turns his eyes. I play tennis too, not at his level. He's better than I am. I hate to say that, but he is. <laughs> but when I play, I look for how people set up, how they hold their head, how they turn their shoulders, and I just pick on them relentlessly. And I win more matches by going to where I know they can't see the ball as opposed to trying to out-hit them on a tennis court. Mm-hmm. So wow. it's it's – yeah. Cheating legally. Yeah. But if we can do that, we can also start training the top end athletes. We got professionals. I mean, think about this. We had Emily Fox in training this morning. Uh, Freya was here. Michelle Betos is, is coming in. Sean Tolch is going to be here Friday. They're not trying to make their game a 20% improvement. They're looking for quarter percent, half percent. How much better does Emily Fox need to be? to beat everybody else on the field. She already beats most of them on the field now. But if we got her responding 10% quicker, 20% quicker on her decision-making ability, where could she end up? We're working with a a tennis player just starting his collegiate career, and we have the ability to compare his results with all other college athletes. And honestly, he doesn't lose much. He's very, very good. But as far as his readings and his potential of where his neurocognitive mm-hmm. and functional vision can go, he's really in the bottom 5% of all college athletes right now. So his potential is huge. Yeah. And that's the exciting part is that yeah. when we do the testing, especially on athletes we have today, if we find that they're not reading at the top end, oh, look how far they can go. Yeah. And it, it's exciting. And it really is it's fun to watch. I've got something exciting for you to, to look into as well. You know, this is an area of opportunity for you, and we see this every single game. What are you going to do to make the referees' eyes better? <laughs> yeah, because obviously, you know, they're not watching the same game as I'm watching, you know, and they must be—they may be blind. You there, know. There, there's an old saying: "Is that you can't make a 2040 brain see 2020." Um, I don't know that they're helpful or not. <laughs> and and um, I was uh, wondering about those calls at the last game myself, the, yeah. the offside calls. And I'm going, you do know it's when the ball's kicked, not where they catch it. And they yeah. mm-hmm. couldn't figure that one out. But Yeah, but, uh, you know, that just kind of sprung yeah. to mind is that, you know, I, I swear to God, half the referees can't see. So Well, I was actually talking to with uh, – I was on radio this morning with Drew Diener, mm-hmm. and he says, well, I got an umpire buddy of mine that this has got to be perfect for. And I said, yeah. the jokes are too easy, man. <laughs> Making it too simple. <laughs> what, I, what I love about what I'm hearing is that this kind of technology, you know, 
would have been great while I was growing up playing high school tennis. My high school coach realized I've got a much, and I will give this information, i got a much better two-handed backhand off a return than I do a forehand. And my coach said, I believe, he didn't know for sure, but I believe it's because you're right-eye dominant and you see that ball better, which is why I try to return more on that side than the other side. But he didn't have a solution for it. There was no training to strengthen that or to focus on to get me better at that. So what I do is I had to slow down my return of the forehand just to try to keep it in and slow down the pace so I could see it a little bit better, but couldn't generate the kind of pace and where I wanted to place it that I could on the backhand side. So there's a lot of truth to this, and I just didn't yeah. have the technology to get there at that time. So I, I, I'm going to jump in here on something because that's something I wanted to get to, Brad. It's interesting you brought that the right eye and left eye dominant. So plumb bombing was a thing that we had to do to learn how to read greens. Sure. Right? So we're trying to read the slope of the green and your left eye, your right eye dominant. Yep. You do all these different tricks to figure that out. At one time, we wore these certain sunglasses, and they were actually used for bass fishing as well. I don't yep. know how that correlated together. You could probably sort that out. Yeah. But that was a thing that we did for a long time, like back in the late 90s, early 2000s, to try to see better on greens with eye fatigue. And this yeah. is what I want to get to you with on this yep. is because eye fatigue, especially, you know, in golf you're around the course for in a big tournament for five hours. That's a long time. Yes. It, and with that type of – UVs that are coming in. So talk to me a little bit about that, like what to Brad's talking about, like where you're, you've you had these blind spots, there's fatigue, all these things are going on. What well, are you back, doing there? Brad's problem that I haven't ever told him, but he's also got a, a left eye rotation when he's going low to high. So if I was going to pick on him, I would automatically try to hit every off-speed shot low to his forehand and make him have to drive the ball a little bit higher because he's going to drive most of them either into the net or long. And how and, many matches have me and you played against each other? And I can tell you that right now. It's not going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Not knowing that, I don't want to be picked on. When he finds people doing that, I I bet he doesn't give them that opening. Is this a racket the size of, like, like a gargantuan's head? Yeah, that that my my (laughs) wife came up with that one. But um, the eye fatigue is actually a very, very big part of all athletes. Golf. This is what I really want to hear. Yeah, golf is the primary concern for maintaining long-term focus more than any other sport. We actually have worked with a golfer, a uh, collegiate golfer, in the past that uh, tee to green, he was ranked in the top 10 of the nation. But on the green, he dropped out of the top 100. And he had a very simple problem with his eyes that he couldn't maintain his focusing ability, his accommodation is what we call it. We put him on some some classes and some training exercises. He finished that year third in the NC2As. So it is a lot of times very, very fixable by just learning what the problem is. Now, at age level in golfing is a whole different thing as well. The accommodation is as much of a problem as you get over, but the eye fatigue is. And you've got to have the right correction. You need the right ability to focus, but you also need to learn how to unfocus your eyes when you don't need to. And that's another little trait we can teach. So how important can eye fatigue be when you're working with coaches? <laughs> no, I mean, what I mean by this, but like, you know, when when to sub somebody out? If you know somebody's getting eye fatigue in in the 55th minute, you can you can Stats save somebody. Stats bomb can't show that. <laughs> but it, but it's important though during a well, training, I, you, can, I, you can test it and pull them out when when their eyes get tired. And there there are we have talked to coaches about players where we know that will be an issue, and we know. Also, what sides of the field they need to stay on when they get tired. And it's more from the ability to move and lock their eyes in on. That's really interesting. And and be able to. We actually had a a football receiver who 
don't line him up on the left side of the line. He's, he's not going to catch a ball going across the middle because when he has to cut his head back, if he's not fully turned, he won't track it. But if he's on the other side of the line, he can catch all day long and won't miss a pass. So little things that play to their strengths until uh-huh. we can try to help fix the weaknesses are also what we can do. Uh, and those, yeah. those are just little pieces that we pick up on. I was at a, a basketball game at Bellarmine uh, one day, and uh, Coach Scotty had asked us over, and guy they were playing against on the team, he, he was right-handed, but he shot off his left eye. And the reason being, I don't know if he can see out of his right eye or whatever the case was, every shot went up off-center. And it wasn't really a, a motion thing. It was how he truly lined up because you actually saw him center his shoulders and head. And I, he burned him for seven threes in the first half. And I told Scotty at halftime, I don't care where the ball is, guard the eye. He didn't hit a shot the rest of the game because mm-hmm. he just couldn't focus. And it, it's little things that you learn to pick up on that, you know, I go to games and watch people's heads and eye motion. Yeah. Forget about the ball sometimes. But uh, I go for the popcorn a lot of times. <laughs> That's what I hear. I, I, I thought I you were in the beer line. Yeah. That's, <laughs> only, that, only when Brad's buying. Yeah. That's two yeah. times. Have, have you noticed that, that now that um, Brad. Now, now, wait a minute, guys. He's buying y'all beer. He has never bought me a beer at any soccer match. Oh, I don't believe that. Never. I can't believe I never, that. Never. Oh, ever. man. Well, no, now, hold on. I was going to in the 83rd minute of that Tampa Bay game. but You're then, never allowed to be right, in my well, suite that, again. That, that's that's right. why. That's okay. why I can't. But this was. Yeah, yeah this is a tradition we started a long time ago. <laughs> but um, now that the tradition they know that has come back. I don't know if they know that specific story, but yeah, I, I will say again that that was my fault. But you did mention the word lucky, and boy, lucky showed up. We were up by two goals, eighty third minute, and I said, mm-hmm. boy, they're going to have to get lucky to pull this one out. Yeah, and sure enough, lucky goes in the game, hits two goals right away. Yeah, two headers on Lucky's birthday. Yeah, so and that. so Brad's not allowed in my suite after the eighty third minute anymore. Yeah, well, I went back. To, I went well, back to see, the twenty-seven and sixty-three routine. <laughs> there it is. As these guys got out of the um, the habit of coming down to Scouser's house um, in the twenty-seventh minute and then the sixty-third minute, you know, um, we started leaking goals and not getting scored <sighs> as much. And now they're starting to come back and they're standing down at Scouser. The goals are starting to come back. You know what? If you we know. lose, it's Brad's fault. There's absolutely yeah, no. I doubt will say the last couple of times has been pretty much the second that the beer has hit the hand. Yeah, goals have come. I mean, within within minutes or seconds, even. Yeah, because on uh, one of the uh, scouts' house goal cams, you see uh, Brad running down the steps as the, you know, the guys are celebrating going down the pitch, you know. So uh, you know, if that was only true, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'd have him. And that's stay my there excuse, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, so then they put that they put that GoPro video on Facebook, and my wife goes, "I thought you had to work these games." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's working. He's he's, he's uh, creating goals. <laughs> Get that ball in the net. So, have you seen any um, any impact on the, the the two teams that we have right now from what you're doing? Uh, yeah, Michelle talked about it uh, at the opening of the center um, when they first got here. It was back in March, and first time I went over and met with the team, they were working out, doing uh, fitness, working over at Blairwood, I believe it was, and got introduced to them. Just said hi, told them a little bit about what we we're doing and what the the plans were. Uh, Michelle Vitos came over right away and said, I want to get started. Says, yeah. I, I, I want every edge I can find, and if you can give me an edge, I want to get it. So That's we, why she's the captain of the team, too. Let's go back exactly to that. right. Mm-hmm. Exactly I have met a lot of athletes over my years, and I have probably found none that care more about the team and doing it right and being the right person for the team more than her. 
I mean, yeah. she's truly the the ultimate professional that I've I've ever run across. Yeah. And because uh, the, because the, the one thing that, that you know we uh, witness every single time that she's down in front of Scouser's house is she's always communicating with the back yes. four. She's always yelling. Yep. Um, it, it may not be much, but at least she's giving some direction out. Um, and you know, Scouser's house, we give her a, a few pointers here and now, like the back post, or you know. Um, just in case she hasn't seen it, but uh, we just keep open your right. But yeah, <laughs> but and that um, was the issue too, wasn't it? Um, she did have a problem that she knew she had a problem. Um, I saw it when I did the exam. Our machines verified it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we went to the stats guy, and the stats guy verified it, and we immediately started pinpointing on it with uh, Sergio, the goalie coach, yeah, and putting drills together. And she even said in her speech at the opening that she is making saves now she didn't used to make before yeah and she's getting her hands on balls quicker uh-huh. and so yeah i believe it's making a difference for her especially um hard for me to talk about everybody else i don't have permission to talk about anybody yeah. else mm-hmm. but uh, i believe that some of the players we're working with um have done amazingly well yeah um, jimmy mclaughlin's been mm-hmm. coming in and you know he told us that he's seeing the ball Bigger and slower than he's ever seen it before. Yeah. Well, that's the whole goal. He's it's not moving slower, and they didn't get to change size. Yeah. But he's processing it yeah. quicker. He's got and a that's the goal a couple of weeks ago. You yep. see that? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right after he he gave his press conference speech about how this is changing the way yeah. he's seeing the game, and then he hits that banger of a goal. And yeah, we're gonna yeah. have we're gonna pull everybody together and have him give a speech before every you know day before every game now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you back to sure the day that. at Blairwood though, which was amazing, was we were sitting in Dr. Lynn's office about the, their team's training there because we didn't have a training facility at the time. Let's go over there so you can meet one team on their way out and the second part of the team on the way in. So this was more of like a moving, walking conversation. I remember upstairs at Blairwood, the introduction's taking place, and he's talking about what he's going, to, what he can do. And Michelle was about halfway down the steps, and immediately came right up the steps yeah. and goes, "I want to get started. When can we go?" Which mm-hmm. was, I mean, that was day one of day one. It was just, it was just like she heard it, she turned around, she came back, and said, yeah. "Let's go. I want to do this." So we met with her stuff. two days later and started the next week. Yeah. So, are you getting any apprehension from any of the the the, um, the players or that you meet, you know, about the process or anything? No. Um, the worst thing this can do, if we don't help a soul, it will make them more aware of how they handle the ball. That's mm-hmm. the worst thing that can happen. Yeah, they're in here doing a little extra training, half hour session once or twice a week, and they will learn to see the ball better if nothing else occurs. Yeah, they will learn to process better. Mm-hmm. Now, if they want to admit it or believe it, you just can't do something the way we're doing it and not be able to do it a little quicker. Our numbers bared out. Behind both you guys, there's what's called our Bonovi rankings. Um, and this is this what is, little what is, dotted, Bono- what does Bonovi stand for? But Bonovi is this board right over my shoulder here. It is a board that flashes lights, and you respond okay. to it, and it's been used a long time. It used to be called, uh, there was an old thing that you may have heard of, a Wayne Sakatic fixator that baseball players used years yep. ago for yep. hand-eye coordination. Well, Bonovi has taken it to the next level. And this is – those are three tests that we we do routinely. And one's the scanning test, uh, red-green. They've got to find the lights as they flash, only press the green ones. And what you see up there, this is in a 60-second test. Parker, for example, had 54 hits, four misses. But the five at the end, he's wearing strobe glasses on a level five. Now, if we put that on any one of us sitting here today, mm-hmm. we may get to 15 or 20 of the lights, maybe, if we're lucky. 
we just did one of the trainers today, first time being in here, and very good trainer, very athletic. I won't say who she is, but she got 21. Yeah. So it's just it really messes up your life. Well, these guys are working this, and they're seeing it. They're processing what they can't see. And the test, and they get competitive with it. But these are them processing better and quicker. We also take this same test as they're doing this. We'll have them stand on balance balls with one foot. Harsh. So now, you know, you're getting into you've got to maintain your center of gravity. You've got to maintain your body fixation. you still got to be able to mm-hmm. reach and find, make decisions all very quickly. And and this is sort of what we were doing with Christy, and you yeah. got an example of what we're doing with the goalie goalie training. Yeah. Uh, Shelby Money was in; she's doing great, training really, really well. Uh-huh. Um, her problem is Michelle's in front of her, so but that doesn't mean she doesn't want to get better. And she's working hard; she's doing a yeah. great job. So, uh, but Michelle's just she's awesome. Yes, she is. So. Yes, she is. So, um, see, I always thought that this was what, like what Christy Holly did, and he had his um, his his gameplay behind him when we did that. I have been scared to put him on that board. Yeah. The so. way he was handling the solid steel one over here, yeah. he may break this one. So. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll just let him stay on the 24-gauge steel board. <laughs> we can handle him. <laughs> so I've got, got a question for you. So um, you don't have to be an athlete to come and get your eyes tested with Dr. Marklin, right? No, absolutely not. Matter of fact, we have had calls, and there have been people, we, we are – have a, a tool called NeuroTracker, mm-hmm. and it is the true neurocognitive training. And it tests your brain and works your brain's ability to maintain focus within an array of chaos mm-hmm. is the way to think about it. What it does, it starts the test on the beginning. There are eight balls floating around the screen. Mm-hmm. It flashes four of them four of them at you, and you're wearing 3D glasses. So you see those four sort of stick off the screen, then it goes away. Then they all move, and you got to track the form. You know, the old game of football, where's the football underneath the helmet type of thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, except we're doing this with eight balls, and you got to track four of them. Uh-huh. The more you get right, the faster it gets, the greater the angles. Then the more you miss, the slower it gets, the less the angles. So it works to you. Yeah. This will actually be, and we start out, everybody's setting down, and that's our baseline. Just the difference between doing that test setting to standing is hugely incremental in your ability to process. Just that one simple thing. Yeah. And the the results of this and the, the data that back it up are just simply amazing. And we haven't even got started with that with the players yet. Matter yeah. of fact, we're meeting with uh, uh, James on Monday to, to work some of this out. So Brilliant. Yeah. So, um, um, so we see um, – over on the Premiership, and as soon as the um, the clocks fall back, they change over to the high visibility balls. How much of an impact do you think that has on the game when they switch the the ball color um, from summer to winter? Um, well, I know for one of our athletes, it'll make no difference at all because he's completely colorblind. colorblind. I just can't tell you who yeah. it is. Of course, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes some difference, not as much as you would think. Yeah. From a color standpoint, the contrast difference will actually help some and hurt others, mm-hmm. and and we'll have to sort of see how that goes. Um, I'm not sure at this level on these athletes it makes a ton of difference. Yeah. But we'll we'll have to sort of see how it it goes. If 
there is a noticeable difference in our testing because we test with the same balls they use. Yeah. And when they change, we'll change balls to uh-huh. that as well. And then we'll turn the lights off in here. So it, we yeah. try to mimic as, as best we can. Um, and we do take them outside. Uh, but it's more matter of learning to track the object and learning to pick the object up. By that time, the contrast sensitivity is more for the fans being able to see it than it is okay. for the players. Um, yeah. Some argue that, but I don't think the players will notice it as much. You ask, and one of the questions I ask all athletes in the very beginning, one of my entry questions is that, does the color of ball, time of day, or color of field make any difference to you? And I've only had one say maybe. They've done it so much and so often yeah. that it, to them it doesn't noticeably affect them. Now, it may inside. Mm-hmm. I know a few it definitely is going to, and we're working on that now. Yeah. But that wouldn't matter if it's high contrast or not. It's, a, it's an overall contrast thing. So. Okay. All right. But yeah. So is it true that you worked with Tony Stark to train the X-Men for the iron suit <laughs> that he has with the Vision? And is it also, as a follow-up to that, true or not true that you are Jarvis that gave him that vision? Um, I am not allowed to answer either one of those questions <laughs> due to national security. Gosh, we are nerding out here on this yeah. podcast. The sad part is I knew what he's talking about. It's Comic-Con <laughs> week. Yeah. Why was I not supposed to ask this question? Brad, I'm in here hard, hard questions that are relevant to the people right now. Oh, goodness gracious. So, <laughs> so, uh so we, you know what you know about, right? So the question is, what I do you? Know, I know what I know about, right? No, but I mean, what I'm going with this question is that we, whatever technology that we're in, whatever industry we're in, it's it's always like, what are we looking forward to from the next five years, ten years, all Correct. those things. So with this technology, what you're gathering right now, and, and you're using that for the what you can quantify right now. Correct. Right? What are the things that you see are kind of next steps in this that will make even bigger impacts five years from 10 years from now you look back and be like whoa that was something we weren't able to measure before it's amazing you say that i'm actually flying out to connecticut tomorrow to meet with a a doctor um that is holding patents on some of the latest technology that haven't made it to the public and we have touched base and he's trying to figure out how to get these into reality but they are some things that uh neural sensory devices that will measure what your eyes see at the same time how you're moving so you know exactly where your center of gravity is but like it motion, also measures like mocap stuff like i'm sorry mo- motion capture like where you're seeing that plus much this. much more in depth than that it actually measures exact angles they it started out as a device when people have had strokes a lot of times their eye muscles are left at angle so they see double or they're mm-hmm. They think straight is here, and it's actually over here. So we, we have to use specialty prisms and type of things to get them to see the world back in a straight line again. But this has developed already from that in the fact that you can have an athlete with these socks on, have them take off running, and you can teach them how to make that step and cut better with their center of gravity so they're doing it faster. Um, and, and you have quantitative data. But second from there, and even with some of the things we have now, with how we do the testing as we get further down the road, we can give the trainers information that will say this player is actually more prone to an ACL tear than other players because of what we're seeing and the things we're doing yeah, just yeah. with what we have here. So where this is going is truly 
I, you know, it's mind-boggling to me. Um, you know, I'm I'm on the back side of my career, not the front side. And some of these guys are just doing amazing things in yeah, the yeah. neurocognitive field. And it's uh, we're learning that we actually rebuild neural pathways with some of this testing. They're they're actually forcing the brain to rebuild areas. Uh, we're working with concussion victims, and basically what we're doing is reteaching their brains and eyes to talk to each other again and putting yeah. the world back together. My stepmom uh, had a big aneurysm and was in a coma for a while, and she was able to come back from it. Is, is this because this is a muscle, and these muscles are able to start working together again? And well, it's a combination of muscles and nerves. A, each eye, there, there are a series of muscles that go around it, and they all have to move through different nerves being activated in, in different ways. Depending upon the damage in the brain and what part of that's affected, it depends on which part of the eye is affected. Now, if you think about the eye, the center part of each eye goes straight back, but the outside part of each eye actually crosses to the other side of the brain. So everything that you think you see top and, and left is actually bottom right on the back of the eye. Mm -hmm. So it, it's all twisted and inverted as it goes back to the brain. We have to track that back and then figure out what you're working on. But when you rebuild it, you know where normal is. And th this is sort of the, the magic to what we do is that we can test everyone and have a normal so we can tell you when it's an abnormal. Now, it may or may not be fixable. It could or could not be easy or hard. But we can help put that world back into a normal and get them back functioning again. And usually very short, much shorter periods of time than what it used to be. You know, the old rule we all... You, know, you got a concussion, get in a closed, quiet, dark room, and just let it ride out. No, you don't do that anymore. That actually makes it take longer to get you going. Okay. Now, sometimes no it depends idea. on how bad the concussion no is and how severe it is. And, you know, if you get up and throw up, you don't want to be moving around a lot. But it, it yeah. depends on what level you're at and where you're at, where the concussion is, how severe the concussion is. So, mm -hmm. But the more you can move and put your world together, the faster you can heal. So it's like... Physical therapy on a broken arm, broken leg. You know, it's the yeah. same philosophy, except you're rebuilding the neural pathways as well as the musculature. Mm -hmm. So it's it's much more than just the muscles of the eyes. It, it's got to connect to the brain, and that's all nerve function. Yeah. See, and I, I know we were talking about this a little earlier on before we started recording, but um, tell us, um, you know, like dumbasses like me, tell me what your role and is me. in with um, uh, um, with when a, a player gets a concussion, what is your role when you're called in to, to assess that? Yeah, I, I really won't be doing much of the assessing as what we're doing the the post-care. The, the trainers will take care. They'll do their screening things on the field. Um, and then if they feel it's real or not real, they'll go straight to the team doctor or the neurologist, wherever they feel they need to go. Mm -hmm. What we've been getting is the referrals from either the team physicians or uh, the neurology on – Matter of fact, we had a, a golfer that was just sent to us post-concussion from one of the local neurologists, believe it or not. But he wasn't get, didn't get ahead with a golf ball. He was actually riding in a cart. Guy didn't see him stopped, rear-ended him. He hit the back of his head on the bar, uh -huh. gave him a concussion. Well, now this kid's having trouble getting his eyes to align to hit the same shots he used to hit. So we're trying, don't change what you do. Your strokes were great. we got to get your eyes back to where your, your body is. Yeah. So we're working on that piece. So... We want them to go through the medical piece first. Let, let's get that still taken care of. So we're not part of the assessing. As part of we are, um, we did have uh, a player, I can't name, but we did have a player that we reassessed, and 
minor changes to his baseline. Yeah. But as long as he was symptom-free, my word to the trainer was, yeah, he's good to go. But if he's symptomatic, got to stop. And yeah. so they proceeded with that. Uh, but it's it's not we're not part of the medical team yet, but we're using we're a tool they can use if they need us to. But we are part of the back process of getting them moving back quicker. And we've had one of the the team's members um, severe concussion end of last year. Yeah. Um, we got to the person first part of May, still having trouble even walking around the house. Mm-hmm. And after three weeks with us, their life is back and back at work now. And about a month later after that, so about yeah. seven weeks later. So yeah. uh, now, was it all us? Sure, I'll take all the credit in the world. But it was timing. It was putting the right tools together. It was getting the confidence to do it. it it's a it's an all related piece, and there is no one magic answer. So yeah. So Brad, uh, I'm gonna come to you on something. What are your conversations like with the your true front office staff? about where you're going with the academy and just having the confidence all these different layers have been built upon and built upon and built upon, not only with the fields, but this stuff that is just cutting edge for you know the world to look at. Yeah, not so many conversations about where we're going. I think where we're going is endless. It's, you know, how do we get there and how do we get there the right way? What it's done for us as the back office is it's made us a much stronger unit. If you go upstairs and we can do that after this, it's a very open floor plan where you're not behind closed doors, you're not having private conversations, everybody is collaborating with one another, and we're becoming more efficient um, for everybody. That's all across the office. Is it because you have that many assets now that you have all this that you can look upon as opposed to being in an office that was down on the side of Main Street, and now you're going to these different locations? Yeah, I mean, that certainly helps because with the youth, so many people want to get involved with the youth. That's just going to continue to grow. Um, and But it, it does work because, again, it's, it's a communication piece we didn't have at the at the other office. We were all split up. I mean, de- departments weren't even really together. They were separate, and they were separate behind closed doors. Now we get to, you know, it was, I'll be honest, and I told I told Brad Esses this in the beginning was, man, I'm going from an office to an open space. How is that communication-wise? How are we going to have those private conversations? I don't think that way anymore. The conversations are just very open. We know what everybody's working on. We know what their plan is and who they're, who they're wanting to talk to and what the plan is on what asset is going out there. And it's just made us a much better functional unit. The, the, to, to add to that from an outside-in point you're of view. Gonna, you're probably going to answer the question I was going to ask you with this. Oh, go, go ahead. On. No, go on. Uh, I want to hear this. That you know, I, I look at it from a little different perspective because I have a grandson that plays in the 06s. Um, and I work with a number of kids. I, I talk to a lot of coaches around, especially high school coaches. And – the, I don't know that they had a definitive, here's how we're going to do and here's the game plan. I think they're watching it develop and taking advantage of the strengths as it moves. Now, the advantage they've got is that they've got a team that all is pointed the same direction. You don't have part of the team going off to the left, part of the team going off to the right, part of the team trying to do this, trying to do that. They're trying to build the best overall programs for men and women that can mm-hmm. be built with the tools available. And I just had a conversation today with one of the guys from the upstairs, and we were talking about how we get involved with the Academy, Academy Elite, and taking those guys that are the, the true feeders, let's start them on this now. Let's start the ones that are willing to do it. Let's get, let's get them to the next layer as mm-hmm. fast as we can or as consistent as we can 
or find issues. We have found issues on players that have medical issues they didn't know about till they got here. Mm-hmm. So we can do things ahead of time to help alleviate problems and issues, not just from us, but it's the whole package of putting what works together. And I love the thought they have. It's not about what makes Lou City better, not about what makes racing better. It's how do we make the club as a whole better for what's better for Louisville and the league? And that's really the conversations. Yeah. And, you know, guys, that, that's rare to find these days because yeah. everybody's and, about what about me? Yeah. And that's you not know, what it, this is. And for me, it's really exciting because can, can you imagine, was it uh, eight years ago sitting here right now? No. I know I couldn't. I couldn't imagine two years ago sitting here right now. I'll be honest yeah, with you, because um, Brad was be, stealing all my money back then. So. I want to know, but, yeah. Well. But I know that I think that better answers the question, though. To say where do we go and how do we get there, I don't think we we know right now. I don't think we have to answer it right now. We we put this academy and this training facility. And it, it's together exciting to see what's going to happen well, um, five years from now. To see who is out there, the elite on the um, in the academy on the pitch, and the proof in the pudding is when we're at Lynn Family Stadium. Watch them putting the shirts on for the very first time to play a professional game. Well, and you're going to find that you're going to attract and draw people from not from around here that are coming here just because of this. Yeah. And then you already see it happening to some degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there are academy players driving over from Georgetown and Lexington every day just to play in these leagues. So. Yeah. Remember, this, I mean, this thing got put together during a global pandemic. So, I yeah. mean, it did. It really did. But it put together with the thought, let's see how this grows. And what it's doing is now you've got kids out there of all ages training at the same time as you've got professional athletes training. Little boys and girls get to grow up and say, I want to be that, which yeah. is very impressive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, us as back office staffs, so we get to come in there at the same time still seeing the training going. on. We never got to see that. It's exciting for us coming into the office every day and, and Watching yeah, yeah. what they're doing, mm-hmm. the routines they're going through. So it yeah. was great watching all the little guys out of here today. Abs- absolutely. When I left the noon, yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of hard it's for fun. me to answer the question, where do we go? How do we get there? Because last year I didn't think we'd be here, but here we are. Two years it, ago I didn't think I didn't think that we were going to have a women's team. There it is. We didn't have an NWSL team. They're here. Isn't so, that great, though, that, that all these pieces have come together and the things that you didn't know. But, you know, you take somebody like Dr. Lynn. You take some of your different sponsors. You take the way that the SGs have done. This is – been a groundswell you and i talk about this all the time because it's crazy to see where it started with just a couple conversations ago three four years ago in a back room with molly malone's trying to help out with something and the conversation with dr lynn the conversation mm-hmm. with scouts conversation with coopers conversations that people still feel this groundswell and then you have people that come in and you see like the the promo of nadia and she's coming in this place you you look at Devin Curry, you're talking to Mike Watts that are good friends yeah. of ours. Mm-hmm. And every time you hear them on the TV, they're like, this is the gold standard. And we didn't even know where gold was yeah. three, yeah. four, or five years ago. Yeah. And sometimes it's weird to like step back even like five, six weeks ago. We're like, well, here's another breakthrough. Here's another breakthrough. Yeah. And I don't want to pat ourselves on the back because you don't, you don't progress by patting yourselves on the back because we're pushing each other. But it's truly something really, really special. Mm-hmm. And I've like – just driving by the stadium, drove us time this place three times a day, taking some for Waterfront Wednesday with Toyota, and I'm like, this still blows my mind. There's the old golf course that's right down there. That's right. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah but, right. but the honest truth, and I'm not saying this because of everybody in the room here, but the we don't grow at the pace we grow without every partner that we have from the top all the way up, from the bottom all the way up to the top. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the support of everybody that the players get to do what they do. We get to do what we do. And, and that's, that's the only way this works. 
and we appreciate it all, but it just it, we don't grow at this kind of rapid pace. The, we got Paris Saint Germain coming in to play yeah. a game here in a couple of weeks. I'm buying the Munich. closest thing we had to Paris four years ago was Paris, Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, it, and they don't even play <laughs> soccer there. That's the closest anybody could have assembled. You got the right? Eiffel Tower at Kings Island. I mean, that's, right? I mean, yeah. that, that's really big too. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going there. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> listen, you're from Central City, too. Don't even try to hide it. Lance McGarvey and I go on this third region rant all the time on our little sub text between each other. So we can get way into the weeds in Western Kentucky. But <laughs> yes, we could. Scouse, so you, you grew up on the cop. And for people yep. that don't know what the cop is, and there are people that listen to this podcast all the time for the first, second, third time. So I have to reset this just to make sure that it's relevant. You grew up on the cop, which is the famous singing stand in Liverpool. Yep. Liverpool, the most famous or the most successful club in England. What's it like for you to see something that you were used to where people grew up around the streets going to the games, right? Yeah. And that was everything, to be able to stand there and watch your newest idol. And now we have our newest idols that are showing up here every day. And yeah. these kids are getting to see it. Yeah. We've got the kids club that's coming in that we're now responsible for for next so year. Let, let's, God let's, help let's us Let's put all it in, pers- in kind of some perspective, okay? One of the uh, idols that I used to go watch standing on the cop was Bruce Grabler. And there he was at Slugger Field, standing right in front of me as the coach of another team. And Bruce Grabler was keeper, and he was called, what was he? What was yeah, he, was, he was crazy, man. He, he was the guy that uh, did the, um, the wobbly legs wobbly for, the, legs, uh, like for the, the European Cup final. Yeah, yeah and, trying um, to save the penalty yeah. shots and scared everybody because he was so crazy. So, and then there's him. And then, um, of course, you had um, Didier Drogba at Lynn Stadium. Yep. Right there in front of us. Who played for Chelsea, won Champions well, League, can't help won, it. won league championships, won the Premier can't League. He can't, but he yeah. was there playing. Right in front of us. At Lenz Stadium. Uh-huh. Yeah, see? Lenz. Shameless plug. Yeah. So, um, and all I want really more than anything else is for kids to have what I experienced standing on the cop, watching these guys right in front of me, week in, week out. And now... One of my passions is let the kids have the front row, get them down to the front row behind the goal so they can see these people up close and personal, whether it's Cam, Langster, Cam Lancaster, whether it's um, Mr. Gomez, because who knows? He's, you think he's <laughs> going to be here next year? I don't think so, because I think um, Europe are knocking on the door for him. Yep. So Sad but true. Yeah, Man. and he, right now he's right there in front of you. And I'm expecting more big things out of this academy and more of these players getting called up um, to Louisville City or racing Louisville. And then another big club comes knocking on the door to take them and give them them their dream. Yep. Yeah, if you look at the last couple of home matches, last couple of weeks of home matches, the mm-hmm. kids in the academy are just kids in general. As soon as the matches end, they're running down to those signs, mm-hmm. hanging over the edge to slap fives with the players on yep. both sides, the NWSL and our USL side, and then hanging out in the tunnels for the autographs, which, you know, that's kind of gone away for a little bit, but it's starting to yeah. kick back up, and the you kids know, are loving it. And you just see the parents and the appreciation the parents are having that these players are stopping and taking the time means the world. And I think yeah, it, it, for it me does. it's awesome to see. I'm, I'm watching back like this is this is a great atmosphere for families. And you know, it's I mean, amazing. And, you know, with uh, Dr. Lynn and um, – with the name in Lim Family Stadium, and you've got the Lim Family Sports Vision and Training Center right here. You know, Scouser's House is a family-friendly supporters group, and all I want you to do is come to the game because if you stand in Scouser's House, we have the best seats in the house. You think you got the best seats in a box? You don't. If you come down and stand in Scouser's House right behind the goal, 
got the best seats in the house, and it it were that close to the to the the um, the players. Sometimes you can smell the cologne of the players on the pitch. True. So now you're true. Um, but sometimes uh, of course you can mine, smell of course, the fear of the goalie. Of course, mine's or you put the fear got of the goalie. Air conditioning though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we've got the bar right behind us. It's right. Oh, mine's in my suite. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You can cut this out. I'll have to come check it out one of these times. Of a, I'm going to beat herbal. you on something. we got a bigger screen than you do in your suite. Right I guarantee us. you that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> guarantee you that. Yeah, we got we got the world's biggest uh, sunshade right behind us. Dr. Lynn, come back to you. Uh, any parting shots? Kind of like, uh, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast with yeah. us two idiots. Um, you know, you two guys, uh, the what you do is so important for the fans and – the true fan. I, I had we had the pr- privilege a long time ago uh, to go with the U of L men's soccer team over to Spain, mm-hmm. and we were able to go to Barcelona and Atletico. And I did not understand fandom mm-hmm. until I was in Barcelona Stadium. And you're in there. It's what eighty some odd thousand people. Yep, Camp Nou. And you're you're everybody standing. They're all singing the same yep. thing. The chants are all the same. The scarves are going. And I'm literally standing there looking around with my mouth wide open, completely in awe. Mm-hmm. And then they had to explain to me why the little section had no people in it, and that's the visitors, but they have to come in by bus from 20 miles away because yeah. if not, they can get shot. When they, and I'm going, okay, it's a different level. It's harsh. Mm-hmm. But it is – these people love their football, mm-hmm. and they love what it stands for. We are just now growing that here. I saw a little bit of it at U of L when we did the stadium there, and we didn't do the soccer stadium there because it was soccer. We did it because Tom said it's the next piece of the front porch and it was time to build. We knew this was a soccer stadium. We knew that soccer holdings was stepping out big, but if they could pull it off, this could be the best thing, not just for the city of Louisville, but for the the Commonwealth of Kentucky and this entire region. That's happened in a long time, and it was a great partnership with great people that meant. A lot for us being on the same page, and I give Brad a lot of grief. You know, Gordon, he takes all my crap, and but, and some of us well deserved. But he also was there, not pushing, but hey, how can we work this out? We want a partnership, and it's been a partnership. It's not been a sponsorship. Mm-hmm. It's been a partnership. Now we're here in the training center, and I actually feel when talking to to James and Christy and and all the other coaches and trainers, we're part of their process now we're we're all learning i mean we're the brand new piece over here that's sort of breaking in weird stuff but some of the players have really bought into it they're here a lot and and it's great and it's great to be able to see them and talk to them Mm -hmm. and they feel they feel it's helping well as long as they just believe it's helping it's helping yeah so Mm -hmm. if you can't measure anything else to me if it just helps one player it's well worth it so you know it's it but what you guys do Back to the fans, it, it's we can't thank you two enough, and it's amazing. Um, <laughs> people actually talk about you. <laughs> now we'll tell you what they say, but <laughs> yeah, let's keep. Yeah, but, uh, but the, they are. Don't let it get out. <laughs> I, I, you know, I know people who don't miss one of these podcasts. They could have told you what episode we were on when you asked yeah. earlier, <laughs> and, and so it's uh, it's truly amazing. But we, we need to thank you guys. So. Thank you. You know, and um, all I want to do is, uh, you know, get the humdrum life. And uh, I know people got hard jobs out there. And for me, going to a football match is I don't have to worry about work for 90 minutes. 
and watch the game, watch my team win, and go home and have a smile on my face at the end of the day. So You know how you know you're a true fan is that even when you lose, it hurts, but you enjoyed being there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that's – even when we lost the other night and I had a million questions on why we did what we did and I beat Holly up about it on mm-hmm. Monday. But it was – it's fun watching them compete because yeah. there was no die in them. There was no give up in them. Mm-hmm. They were truly going for it the whole time. And especially after you get to know some of these people, that it's – it's just fun watching. Yeah, just it is. fun to watch. It is, and then, you know, there's some moves on the pitch, and you know, people go, <gasps> you know, like, um, you know, Nadia a f- couple of times, she nutmegged um, a few of the defenders right in front of us, and everyone's, oh wow, y- you know, and one of these days she's going to do that. And put I was that clapping. Ball in the back of it. I was clapping. I yeah. was glad she. You've got to be aggressive, and she's yeah. in that spot. You've mm-hmm. got to be aggressive. They may yell at you. You may get a card, but if you're not doing it, you're not doing a job. So. Yeah. And you just yeah. gotta go. I was I was excited. You know, and then we got one of our players doing the, the flip and throwing the ball into the box. But uh, it'd be better if it was going into the net. But you know, that's <laughs> a long throw, dude. I don't, yeah, it is. Have you ever tried to throw <laughs> a, a soccer ball? Try it sometime, guys. And yeah, um, it's it, hard. It's very difficult. Yeah, so. yeah. I so. mean, have you ever tried to do like a front handspring with a ball down there and not uh, like no. break your neck? No. Yeah, there's not no ball strong enough for that for me. Gordon, have you been teaching any of that? Is, is that like a forehand or something like that? Or That's is that a two-handed, two-handed backhand down two-handed the line for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, she came to me and asked, what what kind of flair can of I provide for this match? I mean, this is, and I said, why don't we try this? And we, we went out here. It was actually right behind this field back here. Within Ooh. about three tries she had, it was awesome. Yeah, this is great for audio. For Excellent. video, it's horrible. Yeah. But <laughs> 100%. Yeah. But uh, – you know, what we'll have to do is put a um, the cop singing You Never Walk Alone Before the Game, you know, European Night. You have to put it onto the podcast. That's what I'm going to have to do. Show you what it's like. I, yeah. So you come up with these great ideas, and I look into it, and I look at, like, how can we get penalized for this? Because people do listen to this, and we don't pay for the copyrights for any of this stuff. So no, no, no. No. I, no, it's $14 yeah. a month to Podbean. Yeah. And I finally got it on iTunes podcast for Estes, and he said yeah. thanks once. He's never said thanks no. again, but yeah. he complained about like nine <laughs> times before then. I'll tell you how far this has made it, and I don't know if y'all even knew this, but we're going to have uh, the Kentucky State Fair is going on while the Women's Cup is Okay. Here. There is uh, Women's Cup Day at the State Fair is August 20th. So part of the Kentucky State Fair has named one of their days Women's Cup Day in honor of the teams coming in. Oh, wow. Wow. Brilliant. Yeah. Perhaps we'll have to do a podcast out there. We can set that up for you. That's not I think a we should. So, um, matter of fact, we can get you in during the fair. Mm-hmm. So, you tell me You tell me how you want to do it. Yeah. I'll figure oh, out Oh, I can get in the fair because, you know, I, I, I work at the hotel right across the street. Well, I'll, 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 I'll bring the bus in. I'm chairman of the fair board. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. So... Just make sure that we can get a lot of like uh, the like the snow cones. We need what the funnel cakes. You got to have yeah. all those things for it, right? The burger yeah. donut. What's uh-huh. the, yeah? Yeah, you're, you're. There we go. Yeah. This thing those is. Ju- are, those actually aren't bad. They're not bad. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty dark. Didn't go to sleep Once for two enough, days, but, but yeah. uh, they're not bad. <laughs> Gordon, I'm gonna hit you up one more time on something, buddy. Uh, so I know Louisville City has. Uh, we've got three home games in a row, I think, for Louisville City, and then it kind of goes dark for September with only one home game, and then back yep. for three. So we've got a lot of stuff going on for Louisville City at home. How is racing looking as well? I took a glance at their schedule. What's the stadium looking like with a lot of events coming up for that? I don't know what the, I mean. How many events? I mean, there's going to be some other things like a, I think a margarita and taco night is is Whoa, scheduled. Wait, you that's, talk about that's late not breaking yeah. news. Why yeah. did you start with this? <laughs> okay, I don't know <laughs> the specifics. Um, yeah. 
But there there are events scheduled. I just don't know right offhand what they are. I'm mean, usually okay. not privy to those until they say, "Hey, we're, we're doing this." So what's margarita and taco night? Let's get into the know. real serious it's, stuff. It's, 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 it is what it sounds like. It's margaritas and tacos. But I, I, you, you don't got the title. Yeah. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> you don't need any vision enhancement for that. It's actually vision dehancement for that. I yeah, it won't help you. <laughs> yeah, walking out with doubles all day. Your 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 neurocognitive transmittal rate will yeah. decrease greatly. <laughs> Whatever Doctor Lynn said, I'm going to put a link down here to Uber. Just so you can get home for that. Okay. So, there you go. Yeah, I'll be there. Playing as well. How many? They've got the women's cup coming up in August, mid-August. Yeah. So a big run of events here. At yeah. Home. And if you haven't bought your tickets for that right now, you better get in there and get them get yeah, them bought. Gonna be, it's gonna be exciting yeah. to see all these teams because Doctor Lenny's not gonna let you into his. And box for season ticket holders uh, for well, racing, yeah. <laughs> racing season ticket holders, that's not in your season ticket package. That's a separate package. Is that correct? It is a separate package. Now, one of those be. one of those matches is our regular season match where we play Chicago. It's mm-hmm. uh, that Wednesday or Thursday the win- night. Yeah, the Wednesday, yeah. the 18th. Wednesday night. Um, you know, the 21st is not part of the package, but, you know, with any ticket, you're getting both matches. So you get two matches per night. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be fun. You can't stuff. get a better deal on that, can you? You can't. You no, can't. you can't beat that with a stick. You can't. No. Scouts, I normally try to give the last well, statement, but well, you always, like, go for one more. I've got, I've got one more, and it's it kind of a now. it's kind of a, a plea for um, one of our guys, Steve. He um, He's a member of Scouts' house, and he, he's um, – Helping a family out from uh, KRM this weekend. Kentucky Refugee Ministries. Yes. And what they're looking for is they have a family that are needing help with uh, some pickup trucks and some box vans to help them move into a, um, their new accommodation and the refugees. Um, and I've put the uh, link up on Scouser's house. If you can help Steve out on um, this Saturday, um, please call him up. Let him know because he's really looking for some help to get this family moved. That's fantastic. If you've never done anything with Kentucky Refugee Ministries, and I know everybody in this room has been involved with them before, but I'll just tell you an experience that we had. Uh, my wife was really heading up uh, getting some uh, stuff for a baby that was being born to a Cuban family that spoke no English, and we took uh, – my Tacoma was full, and we did this two years ago back in the old stadium. Mm-hmm. My Tacoma was full. We went in there and put together a baby bed. And I've never been, like, more overwhelmed by somebody just with such appreciation. So, yeah. Scouse, you're exactly right. Get behind it. Yeah, get behind it. Give them a call and uh, help this family out, please. All right. So, that's In the House 2.0. Uh, one of these people, like Dr. Lynn said, will know which episode this was. I don't know which episode yeah. it was. It doesn't really matter. But, man, it's been an enjoyable the first thing. day of the next beginning. There yes, it go. is. It's the first uh, podcast since the last one, the best I can yes, tell. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. It, it, it definitely is. <laughs> All right. You know what? This is podcast number one from the training center. Bingo. There we go. I'll get behind that. Thank you, Dr. Lynn. I really do appreciate your time, and um, thank you for everything you do for our team, and um, we love the stadiums. Thank you. You're more welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate thank you. Thank you.